Well, you know, the verbiage is key. I said, <laughs> this is very high quality brownies. The silent auctions Lucas Hanner set up to help workers on Cherokee Street offer something for everyone, even masks featuring clown Elvis. And yeah, it raised over $2,500. become a fun, uh, almost like a, an event since we lost all of our social events with COVID-19. This became just another online thing for people to participate in. Yeah, does it feel like there's almost a community that, that's growing up and, and getting to know each other through these events? It's so, that the community is exactly the best word for this. Like I'm saying, anything that you can do right now to help the greater good, I think is more important than, you know, than just worrying about what, what has changed for you. I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. Hi, I'm Alex Hoyer, executive producer for St. Louis on the Air. Before today's episode, I want to take a moment to say thank you for listening and choosing this podcast. Our team works hard to provide nuance on the news that shapes your life and your community. We wouldn't be able to do this without your support. The money you give to St. Louis Public Radio helps fund this podcast. So please go to stlpr.org donate and give an amount that works for you. Your contribution, along with that of your neighbors, is what fuels St. Louis on the air. We're really grateful. And again, that website is stlpr.org donate. And thanks. Lucas Hanner is one of the guys behind Western Wear Night. Now, pre-COVID-19, that evening was a big draw for a bar on Cherokee Street called the Whiskey Ring. Hundreds of people would turn out in their best Western attire. In a little cantina down Mexico Way. Now, these days, hundreds of people in any bar is a terrible idea, so no more Western Wear Night for now. And Cherokee Street as a whole has been badly hurt by the pandemic, along with the workers who relied on its bars and galleries for their income. Well, Lucas Hanner decided to do something about it, and he joins us today to explain what happened next. So, Lucas, welcome back. Thank you for having me, Sarah. So I understand you don't work on Cherokee Street. Your day job is that you're actually an engineer. What made you decide to raise money for the people who work on this street? Uh, I'd say the easiest answer there is I care about uh, a lot of people there. They're my friends. Um, a lot of my closest friends work at Yaki's, the Whiskey Ring, the B-Side, Earthbound Beer. So when this hit, um, I just wanted to help them out because I was scared for them mm -hmm. and what they were going to go through with bills and living situations and groceries. So that's why I wanted to come up with an idea. And then eventually, in about 24 hours, I had landed on the auction idea. So it took you just 24 hours to come up with this plan. Tell us, what was your plan? How did you decide that you, an engineer, was going to start raising a bunch of money? <laughs> Well, it was just looking around my house. I, <laughs> I had a bottle of whiskey and I thought, you know, someone would pro probably bid $100 on that. And then, you know, some Cardinal uh, baseball memorabilia. And I thought if I put this together, I could raise a little bit of money. And I was just thinking, you know, three or four people at first. And so I, uh, I posted about my idea and immediately people said, hey, I have this you can have, you know, a bicycle out of their basement or something. 
And then someone said, hey, uh, I'll throw in this uh, painting that I just finished. And it grew and grew within that first week. I had already realized that I could uh, send out payments to at least 20 people. Wow. I, I got to say, I'm, I'm blown away by this because I, I certainly have bottles of whiskey in my house. I've never once looked at them and thought, this is something I should be auctioning off for charity. <laughs> <laughs> it, it feels like a no-brainer when you say it, and yet so many of us wouldn't go there. How Was it difficult to get to the logistics of, okay, I'm going to now put this silent auction together and try to get people to put good money for these things? Well, I had organized events uh, through Facebook before. And so my first idea at that point was, all right, what about a Facebook event page? How would I list items for bid? And I thought about it. I was like, well, if it's just comments on the page with the picture posted, people could comment underneath it and they go in order. So the last and you know highest bid is going to show. Uh, and it's fun because people can just comment below and outbid each other and use emojis. And it's in a connected environment that's already there. So when you set these up, it, does the silent auction go down at a particular time the way they do when you're like at a gala? Or is, is this something where it's sort of happening low key throughout the week? It, it, goes, um, it goes through uh, throughout the week. Um, so currently the model is I let it run for two weeks and it has the end date posted on the event page from the get go. And what I learned from week one, it's almost impossible. <laughs> for one person to go through 30 listings and at right at 8 p.m. and mm-hmm. put auction over. So um, what I decided to do was I have a live Facebook feed starting at 8 p.m. where I close out each item one by one uh, and kind of reply to comments because you know whoever's tuned in watching, they might have questions. And, and plus the whole idea is just to raise money. So I thought if I could keep uh, a live video keep people interacted on Sunday night at 8 p.m. when I'm closing out the auction. I can probably encourage them to bid more mm-hmm. and you know get a little more fundraising in right at the end, and it's worked. So this becomes something where there is some suspense at the end. People are trying to outbid each other. Absolutely, and they have fun with it. Uh, there's a lot of just talking back and forth, and they're like, "No, I'm going to win this. No, I'm going to win it," and they're waiting, uh, and they're. It, it's like, okay, make sure you're tuned in because you might not be the winning bidder if you're not paying attention and tuned in with your friends. So it's become a fun, uh, almost like a, an event since we lost all of our social events with COVID-19. This became just another online thing for people to participate in. Yeah, does it feel like there's almost a community that, that's growing up and, and getting to know each other through these events? It's so that the community is exactly the best word for this because I could name so many things that have happened. Um, first of all, I've met some great people who I did not know before hmm. this. Um, and people have come together, donated things. That's what makes this auction work because people are donating. The community is donating this art, you know, uh, these things that are just in the basement collecting dust. And when I have uh, an idea like, this is how good this community is throughout like the summer. At one point I said, Hey, this week, let's raise some money on the side. Besides the auction items, I'm going to do some postings where you can just donate whatever, five bucks, 10 bucks. And, uh, one week we did, uh, safe connections, the organization right here in St. Louis, mm-hmm. we raised $500 for safe connections. One week we raised $800 for local musicians. And then just recently we lost a dear friend of ours who also participated in the auction and, 
uh, we wanted to send flowers to her funeral and $500 raised in 24 hours just like that for wow. this community. But this little community that, that you've uh, created, this has become almost a fundraising machine. It, it really has. It's, uh, it's crazy to think when I was doing it weekly, it was hitting about $2,000 every week that we could raise and count on some weeks more. And, uh, and I haven't done it alone. I've had friends help. I mean, from the donations, of course, too, but my friends Frankie, Aaron, and Liz have actually helped me uh, keep up on all these postings and, and take some of the load off. So I've had a lot of help from friends, and uh, Earthbound Beer gave me space to use to store a lot of these donations. Ah, because, yeah, you actually have to, like, get these things from people donating them, get them to the people who are paying for them. Exactly, and that's the way we did it all the way through August, the four, first four months of the of the auction. And then after that's when I had to take a break. My daughter was starting e-learning kindergarten. Ah, it's a dead time suck right there. Exactly. So I stopped, and I thought that was the end of the auction. Well, nothing changed. You know, our government has not, you know, come through for these friends. So that's when I decided in September to bring it back and make it a monthly auction. And whoever wants to donate something, all they have to do now is send me a picture and a description but they hang on to the item and whoever the winning bidder is can coordinate with the person who donated the item on a front porch pickup. Okay, so you've sort of taken yourself out of the loop, make it, made it just a little bit easier to keep going with everything else you've got exactly. going on. Exactly. Wow. What, how amazing to see people run with this. And uh, we're talking today to Lucas Hanner about these uh, silent auctions happening that, that benefit the Cherokee Street community. Just amazing to hear about all the money that, that's been raised from these. At one point, they were happening weekly. Um, and one of the people who's contributed items to this auction is the artist known as Clownvis Presley. He's a St. Louis-based performer. He combines Elvis and clowning, comedy and music. Here's what he said about participating in this. Early on in, in all this, we did like a, uh, a local St. Louis um, friend had made these uh, clownvis masks, these real cool um, face masks that look like clownvis masks, you know. And so I felt weird about selling them. You know, she had said, she's like, I could make a few of them, but they were really well-made. Uh, and I, I felt weird like capitalizing on, uh, you know, like on on a, on a mask or, you know, this, the, the sickness thing. Um, so I decided to, I had to make 10, make 10 of them. And then we did a raffle for them and yeah, raised over $2,500. And, um, like I'm saying, anything that you can do right now to help the greater good, I think is more important than, you know, than just worrying about what, what has changed for you. And I, you know, I say that as a, as a guy that's, you know, I, I got, I'm doing okay here. So, I'm, you know, I know so many people are not, are not in the same situation. Um, so, yeah, it just, it takes, uh, I think everybody needs to kind of at least have that mentality, you know, of, of being able to, if you're doing okay, to <clears throat> give more to people who aren't. Let's even things out, you know. I mean, I, I used to work down on Cherokee probably, you know, early 2000s before it was as nice as it is now. But yeah, I've been going down there my, my whole my whole life, you know. I um, proposed to my wife at Casa Loma. I asked to be my girlfriend at Casa Loma in like 1998. And especially since it's, you know, the, the whiskey ring, I'm friends with the, the gang that owns there. And um, Yaki's, uh, I've, I've seen it all come from the ground up. You know, the guys, for, you know, uh, sanding their own floors and putting in the windows and each one of those, each one of those shops down there, each one of the bars and everything. So I love it, you know. 
And that was the artist uh, known as Clownvis. And one programming note, he'll be a guest on this show Friday, and we'll learn a lot more about what he's been up to in this pandemic. Um, but this idea of raffling off Clownvis masks, managing to get more than $2,000 for them. Uh, Lucas, is that the weirdest item that you've managed to auction off so far? Or can you top uh, that? Oh, there's no, I can definitely top that. And to clarify, too, he did the he did the masks fundraising all himself. One of those masks ended up in the auction with some other clownvis related material. Oh, okay. uh, so he did that all on his own. And he's been an inspiration since day one. He was when when the St. Louis um, city said, hey, we're going on lockdown. He immediately said, hey, I'm going to do a live show for entertaining folks while they're, you know, at home. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, uh, someone who inspired me to to get out there and do something. Uh, so back to your question about weird items. I mean, we've had a lot of weird items. I don't even know which ones uh, I should even talk about. Well, I've, I've <laughs> got to ask you about one. I heard a rumor um, that one of the items was a pot brownie. Uh, can you even do that through Facebook? <laughs> Is that something one could silently auction? Well, you know. The verbiage is key. I said, this is very high quality brownies. People <laughs> you know. knew what you meant by that. Exactly. And it was funny because when that person uh, came to me and they wanted to remain anonymous and they're like, hey, uh, I don't know if you can accept this, but I'd be willing to bake some either pot brownies or cookies uh, and, and even, you know, whatever needs to, to happen as far as the winning bidders diet concerns. Um, but anyway, what do you think? Can we do this? I go, heck yeah, we can do it. It's it's COVID-19. It's quarantine. It's a pandemic. We, we could do this. There are, <laughs> there's no laws anymore. <laughs> That's a, it's such a Cherokee Street attitude. There's no laws anymore. You know, that street has kind of been com- uh, defined by its can-do spirit and the fact it kind of, you know, sprung out of nothing and became such a hub for creative people. And, and hearing Clownvis talk about it made me think maybe it's, it's almost more than the sum of its parts. And that's one reason people are so enthusiastic about these auctions, that that spirit of Cherokee almost lives on in, in wanting to help each other. Do you see that? I absolutely see it. Um, these recipients, um, I'll say, uh, the people benefiting from this auction are not only someone who was, you know, working a part-time spot at B-Side serving burgers and slinging beer. They're also artists. They're local artists in our community. uh, And I can really see, like, one thing that's really cool is how those artists who know that, you know, they're receiving uh, some of these funds will you know take their art and and create art and donate it to the auction Hmm. Um, so it's a very very strong community vibe there uh and i think it speaks a lot like when you when you have that going it especially at at a time when they could be turning around and selling that art to make you know money for themselves but they'd rather put it towards the auction so everyone gets a piece of the pie. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, that is super cool. And in our final couple minutes here, I am interested in hearing a bit more about how you're doling out this money. I know there's more people who need it than there's money. It's always the case. Um, Are you doing these as as lump payments or lump sum payments, or how are you handling that? So the way it happens is uh, we close the auction on a Sunday every time, even when it was weekly or, or now it's a monthly thing. So we close the auction on Sunday. The winning bidders... Uh, have 24 hours to PayPal or Venmo, and then that the total sum received is divided by, uh, depending, the list changes sometimes, because some people say, you know what, uh, I'm good this month, don't mm-hmm. worry about me. So it would be 29 or 30 people. Uh, and so, and then 
you just send those payments to them directly through Venmo or PayPal. And I understand the way you're doing it. You call these little stimulus packages. I love that term. It's a <laughs> government term for a very much DIY effort. It's very there. true. Um, like Becky Lewis from Yaki's had one of my favorite posts, in it, and she had reposted something of the auction, you know, saying, hey, this is, we've hit 40 whatever thousand dollars at that point, and we're going to do uh, an October stimulus again, just like we did in September. Uh, so she's, she reposted that and said, I think our street is more functional than our government. <laughs> And that is a great note to end on here. Well, I, I understand it's been more than 44000 at this point. If people want to help you increase that number in this next monthly round, where do they go to join in on this uh, silent auction fund? On Facebook, all they have to do is look up Cherokee Virtual Silent Auction, CVSA. But Cherokee Virtual Silent Auction, we post all the events, which are the actual auctions on that page. Then you go to the actual event page for that month and you'll see uh, I'm pretty active on there and keep everyone in the loop of when it's happening. Okay, and we'll make sure we get that on our website as well if people want to contribute to this. There's also some very unique items for sale, most of them legal. So, Lucas Hanner, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.